Drums, please. Hey everybody, C-Note here and welcome to Dopamine, the show that is all about personal empowerment and helping you unlock your potential. Today on the show we're going to talk about why personality even matters. Why does personality even matter? Does any of this matter? Uh, especially now that I've been leaning a little bit more into talking about personality stuff, uh, particularly Myers-Briggs, Enneagram, uh, Spiral Dynamics is not a type system, but it's something that I talk about quite a bit. Those are the three systems that I tend to focus on. There are plenty more. There are all sorts of other different typology systems out there, different maps and models for understanding yourself. Um, Big Five, Clifton Strengths, uh, I, I don't know all of them. There's just so many different ones out there. And I'm sure you're just, you've associated with some sort of a, a personality mechanism or type of some kind. Now, here at Dopamine, we talk about a personal philosophy that we use called dynamic personality. And that's not a type system. That is a philosophy that we follow that, that I at least follow personally, that is about where we are, not necessarily who we are. And where we are means that even though in some of these type systems, your type doesn't change, like an Enneagram or Myers-Briggs, you know, you're born into your type and things happen in life that that create fixations, that create uh, attachments to different areas of your psyche. Maybe that's a cognitive function. Maybe that's one of the four letters in the Myers-Briggs code. Maybe that's your Enneagram type and the fixation that comes from that. And there's a growth path that uh, that comes as a result of that fixation. So dynamic personality is all about this idea of of being able to shift and change and grow with time, with experience, with, uh, with, with mental health growth and all sorts of different creative expressions, uh, life changes. There's just so much in our lives that happen and being a human being is inherently dynamic. If you think about, you know, the universe as a whole, like the universe is always moving, always changing, always shifting. And that's a bit of a philosophy that I go by as well, that there is pretty much consistent flow in life. And much of what we're trying to do when we fixate on something is we're trying to resist against the flow of life, against the flow of existence. And that's one of those interesting things that consciousness brings us as personalities, as human beings, is the ability to compartmentalize emotions, the ability to consciously stop things around us, to stop ourselves, to resist certain uh, uh things coming at us or psychological shifts and changes or to, you know, uh, from a primal perspective, the ability to consciously make a choice to develop tools, to be able to go forward in whatever capacity you need to makes sense. It makes sense to be able to, uh, to, to manipulate our environment, to create structures, to build societies to be able to, you know, have complex conversations that allow us to express ourselves, to connect with other people, and to be bigger than just uh, the perception of an animal, which I, I still personally look at us all as animals. 
we're just operating on different mechanisms. Like what makes a human uniquely human is often our ego. The fact that we can be so attached to the idea that we are the greatest and biggest thing in the universe tends to be one of the biggest things that makes a human a human. As far as I know, I don't know other animals that have a massive ego. <laughs> so uh, that's one of the, the hugest things that um, makes us stand out. And that's one of the things that, uh, that, that we fixate on in the personal growth spaces. You know, for me and like people like Personality Hacker, uh, Enneagram 2.0 with Aranio Pius and uh, Beatrice Chestnut, um, some people that are kind of like loosely in my circle, uh, Dario Nardi, those types of people are, um, or not really in my circle, but people that I admire and look up to, um, those, those people and myself, we're like, we're, we're personal development bodybuilders. The same with anyone in like the, the kind of people that follow me on Twitter. And some people are very hyper, hyper fixated on personality growth and development, whether or not you're one of those people is totally fine. You're, um, you're allowed to just be a casual listener here. And, uh, I, if anything, I, I welcome that. Thank you for being here. I appreciate you for that. But there's a lot of us that are so hyper fixated on trying to develop around our ego or to try to quote unquote kill our ego or to try to, um, to master it in some sort of way. And the fixation is always around in or towards the ego in some shape or form. And when I think about personality, I think about personality as a expression of ego, you know, ego is a complicated topic on its own. And ego is something that we talk about when it comes to, uh, you know, we talk about Darwinian stuff. You talk about psychology over the last century or so you talk about, um, uh, ego in relation to big picture things. We talk about politics. We talk about, uh, family, not being able to get along with each other. We talk about people's fixations with, uh, allegiances or even things that don't make sense in the world, like flat earth stuff. Uh, that's all, there's all ego related things that make us both hyper rational or hyper irrational ego desires things. Ego wants to feel important. It wants us to feel important. And what's important about all this too, is that I've kind of spoken about ego as like this other thing. And sometimes we think about it that way. We think about ego as like this external, mechanism, this external idea, this, this, it's almost like something invaded us and took us over. And it's like, Oh, that's my ego. It's not quite me. And while it's not completely wrong, I think part of what we have to do at some point in our lives is start to watch our ego dance and not necessarily become attached to our ego. But one of the, the major facets here is that ego is a part of you. Ego is almost like a, uh, an organ in your body. It's a, it's a part of your mind. It's a part of your brain. It is, it is part of who you are. And so we get hyper fixated on this idea of killing the ego or replacing the ego as if it's something that isn't inherently built into us or a part of us. And maybe that's my ego trying to protect itself by telling you that. But why would it want you to protect your ego? <laughs> you know, so I don't know why I would say that to myself. Uh, but either way, you know, the idea is to not necessarily let ego and personality run the show. I'm not saying personality is exactly what ego is, but from the Enneagram perspective, Enneagram describes the ego as 
our personality essentially as what ego is. Personality is sort of a, um, I don't want to say lower, but it's, that's probably the best way that I can describe it is that it's like a lower sense of self. It's more of an automatic sense of self. You know, there's, there's the process Enneagram, which is a different type of Enneagram system. The Enneagram as a system, you know, you know, it has nine points of personality, nine different fixations that we get attached to. Uh, one being perfection, two being pride, three being uh, um, uh, self-deceit. I forget what the actual uh, vanity actually is, three. Um, and then, you know, all of them. I have a podcast about that if you want to learn about the basics of, of spiral dynamics, or not spiral dynamics, Enneagram. I'm, I'm all over the place. Of the Enneagram, search for that in the podcast feed and you'll be able to find that. I also have introductions to spiral dynamics and uh, Myers-Briggs basics as well. So feel free to poke around the podcast or go to dopamine.life and there's a search bar and you can search for stuff there. Or actually scroll down to the podcast section. There's a separate search bar in the podcast section and then search for the podcast in there. It's the way the website's set up. I don't have it necessarily integrated, but I'm only one person doing this and uh, I have to use the tools that I can to make it work. So anyway, there's the nine personalities within the Enneagram and then there's what's called the process Enneagram. The process Enneagram is more of like nine levels of, of human development. It's actually... Um, uh, Enneagram 2.0, Aranio and Beatrice refer to it as the CP levels of awareness. I believe that's what they call it. CP levels of awareness. It's on their website. I believe it's a uh, cpenneagram.com where you can Google it. Uh, and they also have a podcast, which I haven't listened to yet, but I, I'm actually doing, uh, work for personality hacker where they are teaching things. They're teaching the Enneagram. So I know that their work is really good through, um, the, the client work that I'm doing with them. So, uh, that's also a caveat by the way, that I, they are one of my clients. Personality hacker is technically my client. Um, but they are the ones teaching the things. So anyway, the CP, CP levels of awareness or the process Enneagram is this basically levels. You go from one to two to three to four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And, um, Nine is not really a level. Nine is just kind of like the start and end. It's kind of like this idea of human essence in a sense. Um, and again, I'm, I'm paraphrasing all of these things. So if you want to go check out their work, they have like um, at their website, they, they also have a, I think, I believe they have a membership and then people get access to a whole bunch of stuff through that, um, which I've been meaning to sign up for. So I will probably share some more things after I sign up for that. Uh, so the idea here, when I'm talking about ego, when I'm talking about personality, is that level one in that system is where a lot of people are, where we are over-identifying with the masks that we wear in life. And we are more uh, animalistic in our tendencies. We are more just like, you know, responsive to everything that's around us. We're just egoically, egocentrically reacting to the world. It's it's almost like this idea of like someone who's just, you're, you're always in an argument with someone and they're just like immediately blasting back at you in a, almost a consistently defensive state. You know, you're defending your ego unconsciously. You know, it's, um, I believe Aranio said that, um, the, the worst personality type is the unconscious personality type. The one, the person who has not made the unconscious conscious and, 
is just purely operating on unconscious uh, behavior. It's almost like you're not living necessarily. Uh, I mean, you are, but you're not consciously aware of the choices you're making and why you're making those choices. You're just kind of going through life in this sort of simple plane of existence, literally operating with things in front of you. I'm not talking about sensors in the Myers-Briggs system. You know, sensors can obviously live a multifaceted life, you know, <laughs> like ideas of the astral plane and unlocking your unconscious and all of this stuff is not exclusive to intuitive. So don't, don't get that in your head. The idea here is that there are people who are running around, uh, which is interesting now with the coronavirus with masks on, <laughs> like with personality masks on, that they are over identifying with what they have to show up as. And this happens for, for anyone who is needing to adapt who they truly are and their true essence of who they are as a human being, having to adapt to society's needs and not necessarily consciously doing it, just, just, you know, just wearing, <laughs> wearing your, your team's colors and just going through life. And, uh, you know, whether that's a sports team or a political team or whatever, you're just kind of going through the motions, wearing the mask of life, over identifying with the mask of your personality and thinking that's everything and thinking that is, uh, everything that needs to be protected. And often that comes with a lot of fear that comes with a lot of, uh, base level fixations. And then, so as you go through the CP levels of awareness, you start to do something simple, like being aware that other people exist and have other people have other needs and not over identify with this idea of personality not over identify with the mask and start to work through that, you know, and most people don't really get past one or two, one or one or two of those levels you know, a three is considered a shock point. It's not necessarily a level. It's just where like a kind of a major life change happens. And most people, again, don't get to that point. A lot of people will, you know, some people will get to four, which is not the same as Enneagram four, for it's level four, which is more, which is about disidentifying with your personality. Now I can't go into all the other ones because I don't know them very well, but as far as I understand, going through to five is the equivalent of Buddhist enlightenment. So you can see how these levels kind of jump very quickly. And it's, it's a very hard, very difficult thing to move on and to disidentify from the notion of, um, of, of personality, you know? So really, let's go back to the question. Does personality matter? Yes and no. Uh, it does for a long time. And I think personality helps us actually understanding our personality helps us to eventually detach or, uh, have non-attachment to the idea of personality at some point in our lives. Right. So it's like, it's kind of like leaning in before you let go. It's like the tension before you release is understanding more of who you are, understanding more of your personality so that you can get the mask off. First of all, not that we don't need to wear a mask. Sometimes we need to be, uh, more than we are to show up in certain situations. There are some of us that lean almost too much into who we think we should be, uh, which is like to be a quiet, you know, maybe it's to be a quiet introvert that, uh, shows up to business meetings and just doesn't say anything, doesn't participate in life. Uh, is too, too afraid to speak up at a, 
on a date, um, you know, not interested in learning social skills, any of that stuff. And that's an over-identification with both the mask and your personality, because that's the same thing that happens too with personality. First of all, you identify with the mask and then you lean into the mask. And after a while, you're like, this is kind of absurd. And then you start to move on to this idea of personality. Like, okay, well, this is who I thought I should be. Well, who am I actually? And then you start at playing at the, in the world of personality, really understanding, uh, little bits of, of how your mind is operating in automatic ways and then how your mind reacts to external stimuli, how your mind is connected to the world and participating in the world. And the personality is this other long deep dive and you start to kind of get beyond your own mask, but then start to realize how you can actually use the mask. Um, something I learned in Spiral Dynamics is this idea of transcend and include, meaning when you evolve in life in some sort of way, regardless of the system that you're using, that when you grow and you move on, you maybe you, um, let's say you, you are learning a new job. Let's say you got promoted and you're to a higher ranking. Let's say you're, you're now you're a boss of a department. It's not as if you become a boss and forget everything you've learned when you were at a lower ranking. Now you take everything that you've learned and you bring it with you to the next stage of life. You bring that to a higher sense of being and you're able to, um, you're, you're able to bring that with you in a way that helps you move forward and be more effective at that later stage. So with this idea of wearing the mask of your personality and then being able to start to think about, you know, think beyond that and start to think a little bit about what your personality is in terms of identity and how you operate and what you want to do next in life. It's, it's not that you're going to ignore the mask. You may have to utilize it in certain situations. You can't go around necessarily telling people that like, this is my personality and you just have to deal with it. Sometimes you're going to have to wear the mask in order to pass through certain situations, especially when you're dealing with a lot of different people who are very much in their own mask as well. You know, it's like camouflage. It's like, you got to kind of play the game sometimes, you know, life is a, is a game in a lot of ways and you have to participate. Uh, and even by not participating, you're choosing last instead of not playing the game. We assume we're not playing the game. We assume we are, we are, uh, distancing ourselves from it and saying that we shouldn't uh, even bother, like we're not bothering with it or anything like that. But it's more so that now that we're playing the, now that we're, if, if we decide to not play the game, it's just a choice to, it's, it's choosing last, basically. I got distracted for a second. Um, so I'm back. Um, so the idea of, does personality even matter? I say yes but again, for a limited time. And so the point here is like, yes, like, I don't know, kind of like, kind of like getting attached to a religion or a doctrine or something that is, um, even science, you know, getting overly attached to anything. Uh, I find that our growth paths in life are, are a little bit about cycles of attachment and detachment. You know, we get, um, it's tension and release, right? Like, so we grab onto something. We really hold onto it. We really love it. We really just eat it all up. 
And then at some point there's this letting go that happens in some way or another, you know, everything that we love and know and appreciate has to be released at some point. And it's the same with personality. Now, it doesn't mean that you will or have to get to a point where personality is not something that uh, something that doesn't matter as much to you, especially later stages in spiral dynamics, like personality becomes kind of irrelevant because there are ideas and topics and concepts that are more world centric and human focused and, um, you know, bigger than the idea of the individual. And um, I think the idea here is that sometimes we wear a mask to fit in a bit into certain situations to get through life a little bit unscathed, to feel secure, to feel safe, to feel like the world's not scary. And then when we have opportunities to uh, exist in life a little bit more and to stand our, on our own two feet, that we can start to attach to personality a little bit more, learn about who we are, operate more as an individual, and learn about who we are and keep growing from that. So when I talk about personality, when I talk about the mask, when I talk about spiral dynamics, when I talk about Enneagram, Myers-Briggs, regardless of the personality type system, the idea of what you're trying to learn here is who you are separate from society. And then at some point later in life, you detach from the idea of personality and become more human in the more raw human form. So even when I talk about ego, it's not necessarily about transcending the idea of ego, though that can happen as far as I've understood. Uh, the idea is not to kill your ego. The idea is not to replace it because this is an inherent part of you. It's actually, in a lot of ways, leaning into personality is about trying to understand your ego and what your ego wants, what the unconscious part of you wants. What are you actually after? What are you fixated on? What are you so fixated on that keeps you from moving forward in a way and being in flow with life? What keeps you resisting? Are you fixated on trying to be right all the time? Are you always trying to manage other people? Are you trying to be safe and secure and invulnerable? Are you not, or, or not put yourself out there? And are you trying to be right? Or, or did I say that already? Yes, I did. Or are you trying to consistently fight for the idea of freedom and being able to do whatever you want, uh, which sometimes means a lack of focus. And, you know, that's a representation of the firm model, F-I-R-M, which EPs in the Myers-Briggs system attach to freedom, IJs attach to invulnerability, IPs attach to rightness, and EJs attach to management. And then the Enneagram system has all sorts of different attachments. And from what I have understood about personality in terms of my own growth, personality is about understanding our unconscious fixations and then figuring out how to transcend them, how to grow from them. And that's usually by looking at other people who are using different tools and being able to uh, take some of those lessons and apply them to our life. Now, that doesn't mean that our fixations are like useless. I think that's one of the tricky things too, is that when we're developing a personality, we feel like we have to be something else. You know, like 
I've heard so many people that say like, I don't want to be an INTP. I'd rather be an INTJ. I'd rather be an ENFP. I'd rather be this, or I'd rather be that. That's not what you're doing. Again, your personality does not change in terms of your four letter code or your Enneagram type. You're born into your natural brain wiring, but your circumstances, your life changes, your, you know, where you grew up, um, who you've surrounded yourself with, those things have influences in who you are and how you've developed. And there are also tools of your fixation that have helped you navigate the world. Again, the mask is not a bad thing. The mask that you've worn uh, automatically through ego, uh, through your ego usage, through your personality fixation has not necessarily been a bad thing. It's not been something that uh, has served you wrong, right? And that's sometimes why it's so hard to grow and develop and change as a person because our mechanisms have worked for us up to a point, you know, for me, setting boundaries as an Enneagram five is easy for me. It is so easy for me to set boundaries and create distance from people. The idea of non-attachment is difficult, but that's a whole different story. So helping people with boundaries is something that I can help with because that's something that I'm familiar with. So if somebody else is seeking my tools, I can help them with that. And it's still useful for me in my life. You know, when family oversteps boundaries, I can set that boundary. When friends overstep a boundary, I can set that boundary when I need to. Because if I were to just go the complete opposite direction and completely let go and be frivolous and waste all my money and resources, then I'm going to end up with nothing and I'm going to feel intense stress around that. So it's not necessarily about completely letting go of your main personality type fixation point. For me as an INTP, if I tried so hard to be an ENTJ, like that's going to take over my life in a way that's going to cause stress against my natural brain wiring. So it's not about transformation in the sense that you're becoming something else. It's about transcending and include your existing sense of self of where you are right now. So when I talk about dynamic personality, when I talk about where we are, not who we are, it's not over identifying with who we are in this moment because who we are right now changes. And I'm sure other people in your life, or you've had this situation where, um, other people in your life have either you've changed or they're changed, they've changed. And that's just a natural part of existence. But the fact that, you know, we go through day-to-day life and we don't see the incremental change unless we're consciously aware of it or making note of it or writing a journal about it. At some point you close your eyes, you open them. And then you're like, Oh, this person's completely different. Or you're looking at this person from the seat of who you were months ago or years ago. And suddenly you're like, who is this person? Or this person's, you know, you look at yourself in the mirror or someone else looks at you and you're like, who is this person? And if you're going through life with the assumption that people are going to change, they're going to be less uh, startled by that. You're actually going to promote that. You're going to be more excited about that and not expecting everyone to always be the same all the time. That's another part of like the having the mask on kind of thinking. And I'm not talking about coronavirus mask. Please wear your mask. Don't be a dope. <laughs> but um, I, I side note, I have this, this funny thing in my mind that I, uh, that I kind of want to do that, um, you know, when people don't put the mask over their nose, there's like, a, uh, someone pointed out that it's like, uh, they, they use the term dick nose. <laughs> 
<laughs> and every time I used to get kind of upset and like mutter under my mouth, like under my breath, like what, come on, man, put it over your nose. Like, don't be stupid. And, um, now I'm just like, ah, dick nose. <laughs> and it just, I just, I don't worry about it so much anymore. I don't know. That's their choice. Uh, but part of me also wants to yell in the store and just be like, dick nose. <laughs> that would be, uh, it's just really, it's really silly. Don't wear the mask, man. It's not that hard. It'll be fine. We'll get over this. It'll be done in about six to 10 months, most likely. Um, so I know that seems like forever, but in the grand scheme of life, it's just a blip. It'll be fine. It'll be okay. So when we're talking about identifying with the, the mask of uh, the personality mask, you know, the mask itself is not inherently a bad thing, but, and, and other people are going to still be wearing their masks as you're developing as a person. So you're going to become a little bit more aware of yourself, aware of your unconscious tendencies, and maybe even aware of other people's unconscious tendencies. And you want to kind of preach the gospel to them to like, come on with me to this personality place. And that's not going to work either because none of this is a gospel. <laughs> this is not, uh, this is not a doctrine for you to have to follow and to go on missionary missions to share with other people, right? This isn't about, uh, this isn't about spreading the good word of personality. This is about, uh, you and your work and focusing on what you have to do for yourself as a developing human being. So when I'm talking about dynamic personality, it's about where you are, not who you are. And though it's, it's a continual assessment of who you are so that you identify where you are. So I hope that makes sense to some degree. So the idea here is that does personality matter? Yeah, it might right now. Um, and if you got to lean into it, lean into it. That's totally cool. And if other people are leaning into it and you're kind of starting to lean out of it, let them you know, we're all in different places. And I think that's part of the dynamic personality thing too, is like understanding that even if in your, you're in a relatively similar plane of existence and understanding something, you're still very much in different places. You know, my partner, Molly and I, we're usually walking in parallel with each other and she's on her own path. She's doing her own thing and I'm doing the same thing. And we kind of meet in the middle and we share notes and honoring who we are as individuals has made our relationship a 10,000 times more amazing than it could be if we were so hyper attached to this idea of the masks and who we should be or who the other person should be, what roles they should be playing, what role I should be playing. And it's a, it, it would be a much more complex dance, but because we're so focused on each other and supporting one another and doing our individual thing, it just makes things feel so much more natural and you flow with life. And the idea is flow and movement and not overly attaching to either the mask or personality or who you think you are, who you think you should be, but to just flow and let things be. And it's totally fine. So as an Enneagram five, you know, part of my growth path, my vice to virtue is avarice to non-attachment. Avarice is a, an equivalent to greed and kind of holding on to things. Um, not monetary greed, but resources in terms of my energy, time, sometimes literal resources or my partner, things like that. Non-attachment is, is knowing that things will move on and move forward and end and change. 
and that's okay and that's that doesn't make me unsafe that doesn't make anything scary that's just understanding the true nature of existence that everything's moving and molecules that are always moving people are moving my hands are moving while i'm talking and because we as humans have the ability to resist to stop that we sometimes do that too much and if we do that too much then the winds of life are going to sweep us away at some point because nature is just much stronger than our physical ability and our psyche so don't cling so much it's okay flow with it learn to flow with things learn to fall into the floor as opposed to resist if you resist if someone pushes you on the ground and you actively clench up clench up your body you're going to hurt yourself if you try to flow with the movement of your body and roll out of it then you'll be much safer you might still get hurt you might get a little come some bruises here and there it's another example of life and growth is that you're going to experience uh you're still going to experience pain you know no matter what happens you're going to make the unconscious conscious and and there's going to be more things that come up you're going to feel at some point like i've done so much work and then new things come from that and you're like why is there more because healing is hard uh my friend heidi preeb on uh on on Twitter pointed out that when she's looking through images like stock images or something like that, and she's typing in healing, all of the, the, the visions of, of healing are like relaxed in like a Lotus pose and you're breathing and meditating. And it's like this beautiful thing and it becomes a beautiful thing to heal and grow and be able to move on. But the process itself is pain. It hurts. It's hard. It takes bravery. It takes practice. It takes uh, it takes a, a, an ability and a desire and a will to keep going despite the fact that the mask sometimes seems easier to just give in and just be a a regular person again. But uh, you know that's just not that's not really how it works. At some point, you're going to deal with stuff because if you're bracing against life and life hits you and comes at you, you're going to feel it that much more than if you were prepared for it and understanding that life is going to happen. Your family is going to die one day. You are going to die one day. Like the difficult things, like all the structures we look at are not going to exist one day. The earth itself is not going to exist one day. The sun will not exist one day. There is an expiration date. The idea is not necessarily to look at the expiration date. This is not about panic. This is not about making you exist. This is not creating about creating existential dread. This is about understanding that because these things are going to happen, that now is a much more precious moment and to do the best that you can not to cling to it, not to hold on, not to try to panic about losing something because that's the paradox, right? You can think about, think about the end and that makes you not be able to be present and to not be present gets you closer to the end. So to freak out about the end is this self-fulfilling prophecy of getting yourself to the end. It's like if you're trying to, uh, you're trying to manage a business and you're not only worried about trying to make money now, but you're worried about trying to make money three months from now, like you're going to panic about what that, 
dismal future is like and bring that dismal future into existence because you're so fixated on that future that you're lacking the ability and focus to do what you need to do to be in flow today and therefore creating this prophecy for yourself and making it come true because your ego wants to be right. And if you, for you to be right, you need to manifest the dismal future for yourself. So that's what keeps us in kind of a trap is like forecasting a terrible future and then creating that terrible future by fixating on that terrible future, but then being able to say, you know what? I was right. And then be miserable, but, but Hey, you're right. You were right about it. So I don't know, put that trophy trophy on your mantle, I suppose. <laughs> so the, as my keys fall, it's time for me to end because I have to go to the grocery store. But, um, all of this said that I don't, this is just kind of a brain dump of what's been in my, on my mind lately. Uh, we've been watching Cosmos, the season three of Cosmos, and it, it, it's been this episode five goes into this idea of the mind and emergence and um, some really complex, interesting neurological stuff that I think if, if that piques your interest, you should go check it out. Uh, season three, episode five. I forget what it's actually the episode's name is. But it talks quite a bit about this idea of um, understanding the difficult urges of being a human being, the neurological challenges that we have, some of the ailments and fixations that we have, um, not only when it comes to like mental health and, and actual physical disorders, but then also the desires that we have as human beings to to hurt each other in, in protection of one another and to keep going in circles in these patterns that exist throughout history of people trying to be, uh, you know, uh, dictators and monarchs and uh, oligarchies and, and all these people that are trying to grab hold of something. That's to me, that's the pattern of all of this is a fixation. It's a grabbing hold. It's a trying to make something that you love last forever or something that you are in control of last forever or, or being able to be right about stuff last forever. At some point you're going to not know things at some point, you're not going to have control of things at some point. You're not going to have all of the freedoms that you hope you would want to have at some point. You're going to have to be vulnerable and express yourself. These are all things that, that are just true to life. And the, the sooner that you, allow yourself to just flow with what needs to happen, the sooner that you can get into a place where you can really bring these ideas of like healing and meditating and focus and being present. You can bring those things into your daily life more often. Stop waffling in bed and say like, I need to just, I don't want to get up, but you just do it because that's part of life. And you're just you're wanting to live and you want to see your, your child's face again the next day. And you want to see your partner and you want to be able to do, keep doing the things that you love and bring you energy in life and uh, make you feel really good about existing as a person. And if you don't have any of those things that you can actually start to work towards those things, cast the vision of what you want and turn this idea of self-fulfilling prophecy into a positive and be able to say like, 
you know, the things that I want in life, the job that I want or the business that I want to own, the partner that I want, the kids that I want, the house that I want, uh, the status that I want or whatever, that you can manifest that. And that at the end of the day, say, Hey, I was right about manifesting that future for myself. So that's our episode. I hope you learned something or thought about, have something to think about. I hope that made some sense. Um, I also noticed that recently I have debuted at number five on the Finnish charts in Finland. So hello to my Finnish friends. Thank you for listening. Uh, thank you to those of you around the world who are listening. Thank you to my patrons at patreon.com slash dopamine, D-O-P-E-A-M-I-N-E. If you want to support the uh, platform, that would be amazing. After all of this, if you've wanted to learn about your personality, you can go to dopamine.life, D-O-P-E-A-M-I-N-E dot life slash profiling session, or just go on the main site. There's a button right there at the front at the top that uh, you can sign up for a profiling session and you'll work with me one-on-one to do a 45 to 90 minute session, depending on how much we have to get into, to help you discern and figure out your Myers-Briggs personality type. I ask you questions. We do a verification session. So it's not me just telling you your type, but it has to resonate with you and it has to click with you. So ultimately you're making the final choice to understand who you are. And uh, I give you some coaching tips, give you some deeper explanations into what are called the cognitive functions, which is more of a Carl Jung thing. Uh, and the understanding the way that our mind is wired. So we also have courses at dopamine.teachable.com. You can check that out. Uh, if you're an INTP in particular, check those out for um, your personality type to see if, you know, because I'm an INTP, so I have some uh, deeper learning that I can share with you from my own personal experience. It's not just textbook type of stuff, but it's things from examples from my life uh, building a creative career, finding a, a relationship that's been ultimately fulfilling and, um, you know, living my best life as my own personality type, being able to be someone who has a podcast and can talk and express myself, uh, share my ideas to be understood. All of those things I know are very important to INTPs. So go ahead, dopamine.teachable.com to go check that out for INTPs. And, um, I'm starting to write, uh, emails and create content around other personality types. So if you sign up for our email list through our website, put in your personality type, if you know it, and then once I'm done writing those emails, you'll get that email and some opportunities. And, uh, I send exclusive emails to my email list all the time. Anyway, of like kind of things I'm working on and thinking about and stuff like that. So go ahead, sign up for those things. Um, I appreciate you. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can hit me up at let's go see note on all the social channels. And, uh, with that said, I hope you take care of yourself and your family, each other, uh, do the best that you can. That's all you can do. I'm going to go do some groceries. I love you guys. Take care of yourselves. Be safe out there. Please wear a mask. Um, when you're out in public, I mean, if you're walking in the park and no one's around, like you don't have to be crazy about it. You know, it's fine. You can take it off um, and wash the thing. <laughs> Hand sanitizer, you know, be safe. You know, I want you to be able to hear the next episode of this, you know? Uh, so, you know, I love you. Take care of yourselves and each other and I'll catch you next time on dopamine. See ya.
Hi, I'm Gabriella, and um, I had a profiling session with Christian. If you are on the fence about this, I can't recommend it enough. I've been into MBTI for about three to four years now, and when I tell you that what I learned today made up for um, three years of guesswork, I really mean it. Um, Christian uses your own real life examples in questions that he asks you and um, lets you know how your stack, your cognitive functions work together based on the answers that you gave him. Um, And that's something that you can't find in a book or online. He gave me his undivided attention and expertise and knowledge for two hours, um, and it was more than I could have hoped for. Sign up for your own one-on-one personality profiling session at dopamine.life slash profiling session today. This has been a C-Note Media Production.